Hey everybody, welcome into episode 9 of The Haven Podcast, this week's film and TV focus episode. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you're listening to me, and I appreciate that. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Over today's episode, we're going to be covering a couple couple topics, a little bit shorter, um, as far as what we're covering. Just These are just three things I wanted to get into and kind of, you know, spend a little bit of time, allow myself the leeway to kind of get into uh, more detail about. So, on today's episode, we're going to talk about that there's only one blockbuster left in the world how sad also we got a new surprise drop today on the youtubes uh, uncharted short film we're gonna get into that a little bit later and um yeah it's not a, it's a fan film but maybe not the way you're thinking and last but certainly not least the review my review for sorry to bother you got a chance to see that last night so i can't wait to jump in and go into details on that um real quick before we actually do begin i want to apologize for delaying putting up today's episode it was a crazy crazy weekend um this past weekend the wife and i decided to head down to portland uh city we we adore and love very very much so um, got a chance to go see the incredible, amazing Bill Burr in concert. Get to see him perform. He just, he took a fucking blowtorch to the place. He went up there. I don't know how long his set was. Felt like an hour, I want to say almost an hour and a half. And he just, every single joke just, oh my God, he just murdered that thing. So got a chance to see him. And then we got to stay there for a couple of days and um, just uh, amazing place to, Amazing city. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you need to definitely go and just probably move there because that's how great it is. Um, just terrific place, uh, amazing people, and so much food and good food at that. And I ate like such a fatty this weekend. Oh my, I was a monster. I just fucking, uh, I I knew we, we were going. So I, uh, you know, I, I try to keep, I've been cutting out carbs and sugar in my, my day-to-day diet and everything, but I knew going that this up this past weekend I was just gonna go just insane like a beast and that's what I did so um but back on the train back on the wagon gonna eat good and healthy be a good good little baby boy and all that stuff but um so yeah the reason for the delay I was actually I brought my mic and recording equipment with me to record at the Airbnb um yesterday and then I was gonna have it set to go up uh this morning um decided against it it was just too fucking echoey I couldn't really get a spot that I felt comfortable recording in. Not to mention in Portland this past weekend, I think the average temp was like 90 plus degrees. So for us folks in the Northwest, not used to that shit. Um, I like the heat more than the next guy in line, but it was fucking hot. I mean, I think I literally spent more time this weekend. I think my balls were sweated more than I ate. And that's saying something. Um, we got a nice little place in Airbnb, which, which was was cool. It was cute. little little tiny area. But you know, real quick here, if you're an Airbnb provider, stop being an asshole and say your place is AC because we went there. They said it was air conditioned. They had a fucking little unit over there. They should say like, oh, we have a little air conditioning unit, you know, for 80 degrees at the very most outside that it will work because this thing did not fucking the AC did not even leave that bedroom we had. It was fucking hotter than hell. And the thing sounded like a damn generator. So how to quiet it at night so I can actually sleep a little bit. And holy shit, so it was just hotter than hell over there. So, yeah, I don't want to film a podcast just sweating my balls off for you guys. So, as much as I love doing it, yeah, I don't think you would you would appreciate it. Because, yeah, that place was, yeah, it was like a really, it was like being inside of a really nice cardboard box with hardwood floors. So, um, yeah, it was just crazy. But speaking of Oregon, let's get into it. 
Ooh, over in Bend, Oregon, is the last remaining blockbuster in the United States of America. Gotta love this. Um, so this week, two stores both in Alaska closed, leaving Bend, Oregon with the last remaining blockbuster. Now, some of you may that listen to me be like, why the fuck are you talking about Blockbuster? They haven't been relevant for how long? I, I guess my thing is, the reason why I brought it up, I wanted to talk about it, uh, and I'll get to the latter part in a second of just why I think this is really, really important. It ties into a bigger philosophical idea that I have when it comes to you know business and everything like that and, and stuff in our pop culture world. Um, but with that said, it real quick, like, how does that work? Because I'm sure there's like three employees there. You got like the store manager and two employees, you know, like how does that feel knowing that you're the last remaining one and all you have is a bunch of tourists and a bunch of hipster assholes just coming to the front of the store, taking pictures and shit, taking selfies. Like, look at me. I'm fucking cool. I got the, I'm in front of the last blockbuster, you know, shit like that. Like you're just a fucking tourist site. You're like a zoo animal you know, for these people, they just come in and look around, get that weird blockbuster smell. And, you know, they're not renting shit. And if they do, you know, they're not bringing it back. You know, they're not. So you're just sitting there and you just see that. It's like you just see the nuclear fallout headed your way, the mushroom cloud off in the distance. You know, that blast radius is about to hit you and you're just busy sitting there, you know, sucking on your thumb, waiting for it to hit you. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, as a one person, just like, I just love film so much. I just adore it. And... I just think this is the last bastion of true real cinema, you know, at a different, more simpler time in this country. It's like, or you got that one asshole who's like, I get 20% off the expired box of cordial cherries. Like, and you know, that guy's a fucking creep. You know, that is the sweet treat choice of a serial killer at worst, a psychopath. Like if you like them, doesn't it weird you out that, you know, at the very least that each cherry contains someone's jizz Seriously, try to give someone a cordial cherry that has never had one, and when they ask you what they are, explain to them there are chocolate-covered cherries with cum filling, and see how that goes over. Okay, sorry, that's 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 the end of my my vomit-inducing candy rant. Um, but back to the larger point that I wanted to make. Just the note is like I remember as a kid there was always there was one place nearby, and I was pretty young called Video Land. It was this mom and pop video store, and eventually after some time you know you go there and you i just came accustomed to it like that was our video store so after time you know they they couldn't do it anymore because like a hollywood video moved in across the street or something if i remember correctly and then that one got the area they closed down they became a blockbuster so it was just this experience of being a kid going in and you having these vhs tapes that you know you rent you rewind and then with video games, you know, like you get cartridges, you know, you blow them and stuff, get them fixed and you put them in and you had like only so many days you had that weekend. And because that was the thing, like after school, it was like on a Friday, it was like you hope that you went to the video store so you could get a game every weekend. So you had something to play. And so it was definitely a nostalgia thing when I saw the story of what it was for me. But I think also to a larger point, it's. I'm a firm believer history repeats itself no matter what the topic is. Nothing is truly unique. Nothing that happens in the world is truly different. If you just go back in time and you look at history and you try to be a scholar of history, no matter what subject matter, history repeats itself. I mean, I, 
I can't have anyone convince me otherwise. I really, it just, it's all the same shit. We just have different characters, maybe different names and that's it. But everyone, every human being's, you know, behavior to a certain subject is always the same. So it brings me to my larger point that I'm trying to get to about Blockbuster, where here you had this, this company that at the time of its prime had it figured out it was kicking and wiping the floor with all of its competition it was the go-to place for so many people in this country to get videos video games etc and, and treats and all that stuff right so they're on top of the world right like they're puffing their chest out they got it all figured out and then slowly little by little you start seeing netflix come in and this isn't netflix streaming now this is netflix oh sign up for a one to three disc in your mailbox subscription and I remember even back then, folks from Blockbuster were saying, oh, this won't last, like, this is stupid, because people can't get over the nostalgia of going to, you know, a Friday or Saturday night running to a video store and renting their favorite movie and hoping it's in stock and all this crap, and, you know, Netflix is not a problem, like, it hasn't, it, people aren't going to do that, and it's a tale as old as time, convenience trumps all, it's something that we as customers, as long as you deliver it properly, and in good working order, and it's what you promised, convenience is awesome. Convenience always works, especially when it comes to your front door. Nothing ever beats that. So here you had Blockbuster on top of the world, right? And you see them not adjusting to the market, not staying ahead of the curve, not refusing to evolve until it was too late. When they started doing their own streaming service or attempted to, shit like that, or I think the first step was them trying to send actually their movies and or I think it was just movies if I remember correctly in the mail to you they may have tried to do games and that was like their thing better than Netflix I'm trying to remember but by that time it was like too little too late you've already people at that time already graduated to the Netflix model and they were comfortable with Netflix they liked how it was so to break through that routine for a customer it, that, that's the hardest part being a new challenger and they didn't do that till it's too late so it's just interesting to see a company like you know blockbuster looking back on it that got cocky then got caught with their pants down and it's a great warning to you know companies and you're gonna see it especially i mean we're seeing it now with like a gamestop gamestop became like the modern day blockbuster where they had the video game market cornered and they never adjusted they were so content and happy about fucking over customers they thought it would would never go out of style and they never adjusted and that's slowly we've seen what's happened to GameStop, right? And now you start seeing, you know, you're seeing the signs of it with Best Buy too. Overpriced, like, oh, we're the number one electronic place, blah, 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 right? Never, they're not adjusting and now they're trying to play catch up and it's too little too late for people like Best Buy. I mean, in about five to 10 years, I would say at the most, we're going to have huge store closures of Best Buy. Like they're going to go out of business and there's only going to be a handful in the country left, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, we just saw it recently with Toys R Us. I mean, Toys R Us, I fucking grew up going to that store. Like that's the store, right? Again, overpriced, never adjusted. Here comes Amazon that's looking at the market and like, ah, this is how we adjust, how we get our foot in the door. And that's what they did and totally undercut Toys R Us and their plan to kind of, you know, survive the tidal wave was like, oh, we're going to focus on babies. Like, oh, fucking it's like, it's like when a fast food restaurant starts doing fucking salads. It's ridiculous. Like, we're, we're going to be healthy. Like, no, fuck you. Do what you know. Do what you're known for and keep doing it. Like, don't try to... Like, like, what are you doing? Stay true to yourself. And that was something that 
I think with like Babies R Us and Trans and Transformers and Toys R Us, they the whole Band-Aid approach of Babies R Us kept them afloat for only so long. And I know there's going to be somebody that's going to be like, well, a couple of years ago they had record earnings. Fucking dude, ghost numbers. Those are numbers that come and go. They're not steady for these people. Like we hear and see what they tell us in terms of numbers. You know what I mean? Unless you're fucking on the earnings report. These are, you know, like I said, I call them ghost numbers. They look good one year, maybe for half of a quarter or something like that. And then boom, just like that, they're gone. Like you, like, you remember that one time, you know, I thought we had a great quarter. Like, yeah, Ron, that was fucking four years ago. Like we haven't adjusted since then. Um, so it's this false sense of security these companies get if they do end up having a good year or a good half or something like that. And they never adjust to it. You're going to see the same thing with Comcast down the road. Um, it all depends on Google, how far Google goes with their fiber optic. I have known they've pulled back on it a little bit in certain areas and everything like that. But it's just, I think that's the beauty of this blockbuster story is that how the mighty have fallen where you're in charge of it. And it's noticed to any, any type of company, whether you're in the movie industry, TV or video games or whatever it is you do, you have to stay ahead. Even when you are on top and you feel like a, it's when you're on top and you feel secure, you feel confident in your spot then that should be a warning sign to you, a red flag to keep going, to keep hustling and keep evolving the market as much as you can and get ahead of it. And you're the trendsetter. You're not adjusting to the trend. So um, that's my my rant about Blockbuster. You know, RIP Blockbuster. It was, it was great while it lasted with your expired candy and your Blockbuster Blast membership. So um, on to the next topic of the day. We have Uncharted short film release today. So this came out of nowhere. Um, you can find it on YouTube under Alan Ungar's U-N-G-A-R um, personal YouTube channel. It's about 15 minutes long. It is based off of the Uncharted video game series from Sony PlayStation. Um, so this thing, like I said, just came out of left field. I was able to watch it this morning. Um, it's like it's a fan film on a larger on a slightly larger budget. So this has nothing to do with the official Uncharted movie they're developing right now from Sony that's starring Tom Holland. But this was, for what it is, I thought it was cool. It was it was fine. It worked. Um, it, they have Nathan Fillion plays Nathan Drink, the title character. Uh, Nathan Fillion's fucking awesome. And just a little, you know, shot at Bungie. Nathan Fillion isn't, for me personally, I love him as an actor. I will watch pretty much anything he does. Even if the material around him is horrible, he just elevates it and takes it to a new level. I just think he's amazing. So, you know, Bungie, who still used that amazing talent and fucked him up in Destiny 2, um, you know, and made him annoying. Like, Bungie made Nithophilion annoying and useless. So, I, I know this is a, a movie podcast, not video game right now this week. So, but I just, you know, I couldn't resist getting my shot in with that shit. So, um, yeah, it was... Um, it was cool. It worked. Uh, there are certain shots that are done that it does look like I took my iPhone out and I recorded a movie. So there's some amateur stuff here. But I mean, the Alan Inger guy, he directed it. He wrote it, too. Um, he uh, you could. T- it's definitely it seems like he's a fan of it. Uh, the dialogue that they did have in it um, was very reminiscent of of the game. They did a really, really nice job with that. Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake is really good. Stephen Lang plays Sully who's like his mentor. He was awesome in that role too. Um, so it, it's very focused. It's a small slice. Um, yeah, it was great. And don't forget too, Nathan Fillion was a fan favorite to play Nate or to play Drake in the uncharted movies before Tom Holland got cast. And I think Mark Wahlberg used to be in it, but anyways, so that was kind of a good nod to the fans and stuff like that. And 
there's definitely a couple dialogue scenes that that sound and play out like they're ripped from the video game itself um and yeah they just did a good job with it so check it out it's 15 minutes you can find it on youtube free to watch everything like that um there's some action set pieces in it you know the hand-to-hand combat does get kind of funny it's uh there's certain shots that you're like oh that works and there's other ones where i was just like oh this is it's kind of cringy looking and stuff like that so but they definitely uh pay uh they do a good job just showing love from the video game series and but they do one thing as well in a certain scene where i i think that's what kind of put it over the line for me was i loved how it made fun of itself um if you played the games and you're familiar with it it's like a staple and i think after a while naughty dog just kind of leaned into it and just started just like hey this is what people are expecting let's just go ahead and do it but in the uncharted series there's always this fucking there's always a scene where there's so much exposition about what's happening it's like they start the game off it's really cinematic and you're running around you're running around and then boom fight scene right little fight part and then you run around you jump you jump you scale some stuff oh it looks gorgeous it looks beautiful look at the waterfall and the detailed on the on the mossy rocks and everything and then okay you go to an area it's open you see the cover system and you're like okay this is where a fight's gonna break out and then a fight breaks out right and so then you you get away somehow usually or there's a huge giant explosion with some QTE button prompts where you just got to hit the button on the screen and then Nathan will fall into like a dungeon or some place that's been lost to that was thought to be lost to the world and then he's usually on a walkie-talkie or Soli's right next to him and he'll like start looking at like old documents like oh this is from the Budapest and this was thought to be lost to humanity and he looks it over and then Sully asks like a shit ton of questions and then Nathan is like yeah I don't know I'm not sure and then he says to him like Sully do you know what this means every fucking Uncharted game I think they do this maybe four to five times where he always says that so that was in the short movie which I thought was you know it was kind of adorable like they uh definitely a lot of fan service in it and stuff but it works so check it out um again it's the Uncharted fam film and everything like that so um with that said moving on to our last topic of the day so this one i kind of want to reserve some time for um so i got a chance to see sorry to bother you um last night so again possible mini spoilers ahead nothing too crazy um but again if you want to stop it right now and go see it and come back and listen to it or if you're done for you don't want to know anything about it thank you as always for listening um but yeah so we're gonna jump into spoilers right possible mini spoilers right now uh again this is my review for sorry to bother you um sorry to bother you is directional debut uh direct that <laughs> dry die i can't fucking talk yeah it's anyways it's the die uh why don't i even try it's from a guy named bootsy riley it's his first ever movie directing he also wrote it it stars lakeith stanfield he's the lead he plays cassius green so sorry to bother you it, right now it's kind of an indie film a lot of people kind of going into this, like it got on my radar where a lot of people that have seen it, it's like, Oh, this is the best movie of the year. Okay. Guys, it's fucking July. All right. We still have plenty more months of the year before we start giving fucking uh, like the best of movie of the year titles to anybody. So let's just pump our brakes and see what comes out through, you know, December. And then we'll go from there. Um, right now it's rocking a 95% on rotten tomato. So what is sorry to bother you about? Um, per its IMDb page, in an alternate reality of present-day Oakland, California, telemarketer Cassius Green finds himself in a Markaby universe where he discovers a magical key that leads to material glory. As Green careers, 
career begins to take off. His friends and co-workers organize a protest against corporate oppression. Cassius soon falls under the spell of Steve Lift, a cocaine-snorting CEO who offers him a salary beyond his wildest dreams. So this movie's getting a lot of hype. It's been hyped and everything like that. I think it's going to be coming to a lot more mainstream theaters and stuff around the U.S. and everything like that. I highly recommend this movie. Um, I, it's a solid A for me in, in my book, just to cut to the short of it. Go see it at full price. It's a really, really awesome film. They did a really good job with it. So it's from a story standpoint, it's somewhat original. You'll see basic tropes that we see with storytelling. And I've always said about stories, it's really, really difficult to make a unique, freshly brand new type of story. I mean, fucking film, TV, radio, etc. The art of storytelling, whether it's caveman paintings or, you know, something from oculus rift it's a practice that's been going on for so long that it's really fucking hard to be original there's always going to be something you're going to borrow from from some some piece of you know of media and you kind of combine it together maybe take a little bit from here a little bit from there and you mix it all up and you hope to get something new so for a lot of i think storytellers the challenge is can we tell you a story Yes, you've heard of the tropes before behind it, but can we tell it to you and present it to you in a fresh new way in this case of a movie? And I feel like the director did an awesome job of that. Three-fourths through the film, I'm not going to give you the hook or anything or any or what have you, but there's something the movie presents and does that I did not see coming. It came out of completely complete left field, and thinking back on it more and more i love the hook even more it definitely took the movie in a totally different direction than i was expecting and it was to me a great direction to take um when i thought i saw what the conclusion and the end game of the movie was going to be it does this this twist that i was just like okay i wasn't expecting this this is fucking awesome i'm, I'm in like all hands on deck I'm, I'm totally into this um so yeah, from a story wise, again, you, you start seeing like the typical tropes. He presents it in a, a, a way that, you know, we've seen before. It's nothing too original, but I feel like with the hook, he does a good job with it. But because of the dialogue, and that's another plus for me for this movie, overall, the acting is incredible. Everyone does an awesome job. I, I There was nobody where I was like, oh, this fucking acting's horrible. But this director's ability to just do an amazing job of flushing out not only the main characters but also the sub characters that are in this film and these like you know secondary characters just pop on screen so they may get a total of like six to seven minutes of on-screen time but they make every single second of that small screen time count the dialogue the interactions between characters is really really well done it's it's unique it's funny it's clever like it, it's you can't ask for anything better. Like it was, it just, the lines just kind of stick with you and, and carry you throughout the film. And you see these mini characters pop up throughout the film. You're like, Oh my God, so-and-so is back on screen. I love it. I can't wait to see more of them. And that's what they did. And, um, so yeah, great cast, great acting, the story they did a great job with. Um, as far as the way the movie shot, you shot it pretty well. I mean, there was nothing, you know, that he did that I was like, oh, that looks like garbage, nothing at all. He he does some artistic stuff with his 
with certain scenes that I, that I really appreciated that was really cool. There's one part in particular where it's like this uh, kind of like, a, I wouldn't say a montage, but um, where the main character, uh, Cash Green, he's sitting there and he's upgrading the material stuff in his life. So you start seeing like his old stuff from his apartment um, or not really his apartment, his garage that he lives in, you know, lamps, his TV, his bed, everything kind of deteriorate and kind of go away. And in its stead is, you know, all brand new, expensive, super expensive stuff. And just the way it was kind of shot was, uh, I thought was really, really cool and, and just kind of gorgeous looking. Um, yeah, just a really, really good movie. My only drawbacks I have, and at this point, my drawbacks, FYI, I'm nitpicking. Like, this is... If this, like, if you hear this and you're like, oh, I'm not going to go see this movie because of these two reasons, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, you got to get the pretentious stick out of your ass. Um, but this is just nitpicks for me because it's not a perfect movie. So I'm just trying to be as fair and balanced with it as I can. Um, my drawbacks were uh, pacing was a slight issue. Some scenes drag on. And, you know, a few of those scenes had a little too much exposition in them. But again, that's just me nitpicking. So, um I cannot recommend this movie enough. Is it the best movie of the year? No. I mean, is it up there? For me, it is so far from what I've seen, you know, but I haven't seen every movie that's been released this year. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. They did a, he did a really, really good job. The Boots Riley guy. So did a great job writing and directing. And like I said, everyone just acted their, their ass off with it. So really funny movie. Highly recommend it. So again, sorry to bother you. A movie. Please go see it. Go support it. It's it's really, really good. I want to see it. I want to see more from this guy, um, definitely. So, anyways, I think that's going to wrap up for me. Holy shit, already past the 25-minute mark. Got to be kidding me. Time flies. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to be involved in the podcast, send your questions slash comments via the official Instagram or email of the podcast. Links in the description below. Uh, but, you know, maybe you're antisocial. Maybe you have nothing to say, which, you know, I don't know. Seems seems a little, a little sad. But, again, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm not judging. I'm really not. But if that is the case, you may be asking yourself, Danny... I don't want to send any comments in, but what can I do to help you? What can I do to help you grow the Haven podcast? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that. I appreciate that. Um, you, it's simple. You can help by recommending the Haven podcast to anyone who you think might want to listen to me ramble on about simple topics with little to no research or by subscribing and reviewing. Um, but in all serious, thank you guys again for listening, and I will talk to you guys on Friday. Have a good one.